0: Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode 110. I'm Dave Schmolzen, aka the Schmo. My co-host is
2: Helen Yee with Helen Yee Sports,
0: and I'm stoked for today's guest. He's a two-time collegiate national champion, two-time Hodge Award winner. He's an Olympian. He's also a welterweight champion in two divisions in mixed martial arts. He's Funky Ben Askren.
1: What's up, guys? This is uh, this looks tremendous here. So I, I. Uh... I've been here before, but it was not nearly this nice. It was just kind of in in the making at the time.
0: Do you remember when you were here?
1: Uh, No, I was trying to remember. I don't.
0: It was the day before Helen got her most viral YouTube video, and thanks to you, you were in town promoting your big boxing match oh, okay. with the one and only Jake <laughs> oh, Paul. Oh
1: Jesus! All right, I didn't it, remember that was when
2: it got right. me one million plus views. What did you do? I was trying to. It
1: was what me. I, and you. What
2: I did was interview you right after you uh, shoved oh, Jake Paul.
1: The reaction. Oh that, that that. But that, the interview yeah.
2: we did before um, was next door yeah, in that it was right room, over there. and you were. Doing a hard work out on the ski <laughs>
1: machine. <laughs> ski machine. Still got in there. I saw that.
0: Yeah. Nice. Well, well, hey, you're an author, too. I might as well throw Absolutely. that in. I just read your book, Funky, on the airplane. October yes. 25th. That's the official release? Next
1: week. Yeah. It was actually supposed to be this week, uh, and then things got pushed back one week. So October twenty uh, I'm excited. I actually started working on it during corona. It was a project to just pass the time, because you guys know it sucked. You know My academies got shut down, and there was nothing to do, and it was like... Okay, uh, maybe I'll write a book, and so I actually contacted a friend of a light that's a really good author, and uh, there we, we went away.
0: And this was a great book because I read the book the entire time, just picturing like we were having a conversation, like you <laughs> nice. were talking to me. Yes. So I could definitely hear this in your voice. And also just so many fascinating aspects about it. When you get into sports psychology, mm-hmm. I think that was huge. I think anyone who's an athlete at whatever age level, they can get a lot out of that. Helen, who's training for the Olympic trials and swimming right now, oh, yeah. she could take a huge chunk out of that, and then just hearing your story about just your journey in mixed martial arts after wrestling, uh, finally getting into the UFC, you know, yeah. thinking that you would get that opportunity in 2013, that not coming till later, and then just all the trials and tribulations you had as a wrestler and also losing 30 pounds as a child.
1: You're the first one that's brought that up. I thought, yeah, I think it's an interesting point because my. You know, in the moment when I was at that age, I didn't think much of it. It was just like, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do," you know. And now at 38 years old, I should probably t- I should probably explain to people what happened, and then I'll talk about it. Um, yeah, so I was a fat kid because I liked to eat too much. I think I still like to eat too much, but I you know I try to eat healthy food and work out a lot now. Also, um, yeah, I was like 130 pounds, and I think I can't remember if it was fifth or sixth grade. I think it was like going into sixth grade. And you know, part of it was wrestling-wise. Obviously, if especially that middle school age, some of the dudes hit puberty and they're like 130 pounds and they're they're jacked, you know. And then I was like a little fat, 130 pound kid, and so I wasn't having a lot of success because of that. And then obviously, I picked on a little bit of school, and it was just like, hey, like I don't want to be fat anymore. And so I like <laughs> I researched and I told my parents like what foods to buy, and I lost 30 pounds, right? And so it's like, I mean, that's uh. Somewhere around 25% of my body weight at that point in time. And so now, you know, looking back at it as a 38-year-old, it's like, holy crap, for like a fifth or sixth grader to make a decision like that? And not only make the decision and say, I'm going to do this, but then follow through with it fully, you know? And I didn't get back to 130 pounds till my 10th grade year, you know, so it was like four years later, I got back to that same weight. But yeah, I think that just like kind of speaks to uh, my ability to make a decision early and then stick with the decision that I made.
0: It seems like that was the turning point for just your entire yeah. athletic endeavors, too, to have that wherewithal at such a young age to be dedicated to sport and dedicated to your body. How many kids that age could say they would do that now in this TikTok era, <laughs> this social media era? Yeah. Do you think some of your wrestling students um, have it within them to do the same thing now?
1: Yeah. So I actually say like, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, teenagers and it made negative connotations. And uh, my experience with teenagers is almost all positive. I mean, all the kids I have in my academy, I really enjoy them all. The high majority of them are really hardworking. They're really focused. They're really dedicated to what they're doing. Um, and it's, like, funny. Like, I don't ever see, even see them on their phones. You know, they come in. They come into practice. They leave their phones in another room. A lot of them hang out after practice. They work hard. Like, I just don't. You know what I'm saying? So I don't see that, like, uh, and I'm, I, who knows? I don't know what they're like outside of the wrestling academy. You know, but I'm sure they're probably a little bit addicted to their phones. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's definitely some of them that have that type of discipline um, to do those type of things, for sure.
2: Well, I think David could relate, too, because was it fifth or sixth you I was I was wait. chubby. Okay. I Same.
0: was chubby. I hate being picked on, and I dropped drinking soda, and mm. I just decided to change my life around in, in those regards too. Boom! Look at that. But the difference, though, is you know my parents didn't really believe in anything athletic endeavors wise, yeah. so all my self discipline is kind of change in my adult life but i i truly truly appreciate your approach your mindset yeah. when it comes to competition which i think so many people can relate to yeah. as well well there are
1: just so many i mean so you said stop drinking soda that was that was a big one for me because yeah. it's just such like a it's junk there's no there's zero nutritional value you know and uh it's really funny because there was some things i chose at that age um that still to this day i don't do you know and there's some things that i now nah, i went back to like so You know, say soda was out at age 11, and I still don't drink soda at all. Fast food, I very rarely, we'll say almost never, eat any type of fast food. You know, whereas like that was convenient. I said, hey, I'm not gonna do that anymore. It's gross. You know, and there's things like ice cream where I stopped eating ice cream. Like ah. Nah, I actually love that shit. I mean, ice cream again. <laughs> you know, once I, once I got skinny, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna eat some ice cream. <laughs> that's, that's the go-to yeah.
0: cheat item. Would yeah, be ice cream for sure. For but us. you
1: know what? I feel like I, I was I was watching uh, Rogan. He's talking about sober October, and I'm like, well, I don't actually do anything like that, you know, because I don't drink or smoke or nothing. So I said I'm not gonna eat any dessert for October. So you know, I mean, you gotta retain some level of discipline. I don't. know, I feel like once you're not an athlete anymore. Um, it's like you got to do some things just to make sure like your discipline's still and tough. So once in a while, I'll do something like that where I, you know, like just set something that I have to do just to make sure I can do it and not be a pussy. So no sweets oh, my, my this wa- month. <laughs> my, wife with my, my wife hates it when I say that word. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> no. no sweets this month. No.
0: Wow. No, sweet system. That that's dedication. There's so so <laughs> dedication. I don't know if you know. Well, you're to-
1: retired. You get to eat, you know you get, you get to get yes. some of that stuff, right? That's true. That's true. Absolutely.
0: There are so many great places we can take this conversation. One thing of note, too, just for the casual MMA yes. fans or the casual UFC fans, a lot of people would say, "Oh, his career in the UFC was short-lived. He had yeah. three fights. He was out. You know, he won his first fight. It was controversial with yep. the bulldog choke yeah, with Robbie Lawler, and then you had your other two fights. You had the five second uh-huh. knockout loss to Masvidal." All, and then the Damian Maya fight, but yeah. people don't realize, and I think you're very honest about it, is you're just your hip issue. Yeah. Your hip was deteriorating and everything like that, and the scares you had from the doctor that yeah. first time when you were young in your career, yeah. 15 years old, and then hearing it again about yeah. the, the, the herniated neck, disc, yeah. the mm-hmm. neck issues. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, well, listen, so man, that, you were that, super popular. That, that UFC thing, uh, you know, because I know I felt it at the time. There's not even re- really regrets I have because there's nothing I could have done, but like, um, I remember feeling this in 2013 when I didn't get signed, and then while I was reading the book uh, or writing the book, and then obviously I reread it many times, it was like, how did I not get signed in 2013? It's preposterous. I mean, I was, I was 12 and 0. I had retained the Bellator title for I think three to three and a half years, somewhere in there. I was ranked um, six through eight in the world, depending on the publication, right? And I didn't even get an offer. It wasn't even like I want no no you're not giving me enough money. It wasn't like no this no that. It was just like there was just literally no offer. I came here to Vegas. Uh, you know, I talk about this in the book. It's like um, I don't want to spoil the book too much. Yeah, we will spoil. Oh, I'll book. give well, I'll give I'll give the you know I'll give kind of some Teasers. short cliff notes. But yeah, so um, you know, essentially I was told like get out of the matching clause. And it took me a couple months, and I got out of the matching clause, and I faxed them the paperwork on that Friday morning, right. And then, you know, this whole, like, month or two months, they had been saying, we want to sign Ben Askren, we want to sign Ben Askren. And that Friday, it was Jones versus Gustafson in Toronto. And Dana's in a scrum. You know, Dana doesn't really do the scrums anymore. he used to do the scrums. And he says, uh, we have no interest in him. I'm like, wait. what? I literally just faxed him my paperwork. I'm like, what is going on right now? You know, and then I literally, I flew, so I flew here Monday morning and, um, yeah, I went and met with them, and there was a, a kind of a strange offer, a strange meeting. It's in the book. And then I thought we were still going to make it work. And I went back to my hotel and I was flying out that night. You know, I was only here for 12 hours or whatever. And I got a call from my manager, and he said, Yeah, they, they withdrew the offer and they're not going to make any offer at all. So, that, you know, it was like, how did, how did that happen? It was like, What in the hell? Yeah, but
0: had that not happened, you may never have fought in the same country as one of your idols, Muhammad Ali. That's true. Normal.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's true. And uh, I, you know, I can't say I had a bad experience in one championship. But when when we think when I think back about like, well, the only thing I really want to do is to prove I was the best. You know, I kind of missed out on my prime years. You know, so 2013 when I left Bellator, I kind of been on a really hot streak. I'd uh, beat up Douglas Lima, and uh, my last one was Andre Kreshkov, who was a really tough opponent, and I kind of killed him. And it was like I was kind of ready to rumble then, and yeah, uh, to not get any offer. And, and you when know, we think back about it, it's like, wait, how did that happen? And you know, Dana's things at the time were uh, not enough experience, which was the, you know then laughable because he signed CM Punk. I was going to bring that up. Doesn't he must have want, felt like yeah.
0: shit when that happened. <laughs> and then he ends I up training about, with you. I
1: talk about it. I talk about it. Uh, no, uh, you know, doesn't want challenges, which obviously like, hey, I, I only fought for the. I fought in the UFC for six months, and I fought two Hall of Famers, maybe three. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, (laughs) I mean, that couldn't have been further from the truth. All these things he was saying, like, they just couldn't have been further from the truth. And so, yeah, that was the one thing when I look back, I'm like, how did that freaking happen? And that's one of the things where in MMA I don't really love. it's, It's more competitive than boxing, right? Boxing, these dudes duck each other all the time. Like, they don't want to fight. They're in different organizations, whatever. But in wrestling, and I tell you something, in wrestling, if you think you're the best in America, Schmo, if you thought you were the best in America, you could go show up at the U.S. Open as long as you're above 18. And you could try to show them you're the best. And guess what? If you're the best, you're going to win, you know? And then you're going to the, the world team trials or the Olympic team trials depending on the year. And if if you're the best, you're going to go represent America at the world championships. And then if you're, if you're the best there, you're going to beat everyone. You're going to win the world gold medal. And no one's going to say shit because there's nobody that says— in wrestling, it never ever happens when someone says, "I'm the best in the world," and they didn't wrestle. That would never happen. People say, "Well, okay, if you think you're the best, show up."
0: So give us the honest assessment right now. Yeah. I mean. Who got the best of that trade? You see what Demetrius Johnson continues Mm -hmm. to do in one championship. His resume is GOAT status. You can argue that right there. And look what you did with your three fights and the popularity you had in the UFC and the people that you fought, where their popularity went as well.
1: Well, the thing that I talked about was, uh, you know, like to one championship, I I was a dead asset. Like I was retired. I wasn't doing anything, you know? And then I I think, you know, obviously I wasn't in those meetings or or negotiations or anything, but I think it was just Demetrius just didn't want to be there anymore, you know? And so it worked for both parties because the one thing I wanted, I got. I wanted to fight the best guys. And then Demetrius, he wanted out. He didn't want to deal with Dana or whomever. I I don't know. I wasn't there, right? That's how it it was made seem to me. And so we both got what we wanted. You know, and uh, so, yeah, I think, I think it was the best for both parties. And, you, like, now there's, say, four major organizations, PFL, Bellator, One Championship, and the UFC. Like, there are some dudes in each one of those organizations that don't want to be there anymore. You know, so it's like, let's go take this group of people that don't want to be here. And it's like, hey, who do you got? Well, here's who I got. Let's mix this thing up a little bit. You know, who do you got? Ah, three-way trade. Let You know, let's flip it around a little bit.
0: But like, had Demetrius not gone to one championship and yeah. be in this situation, maybe his goat conversation could have potentially plateaued in the UFC. And now you add a whole nother wrinkle because yeah. he's done it on the other side of the continent, yeah. and it's just adding more belts to his collection.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely that potential. Uh, Demetrius obviously he had the one loss to uh, Adriano Marais, and then he ju- I think he just avenged it like in the last just knocked month. him out. Yeah, you know, just knocked him out in the last month or so. So, um, yeah, he continues to be awesome, and we both got what we wanted out of it.
2: But after everything that happened in 2013, when mm-hmm. you said all of a sudden, you know, yeah. they just didn't want you, you didn't hear from them, yeah. and you're kind of left in the dark. So when the trade happened between like you and Demetrius, how hard was it or was it easy to be like, yeah, you know, let's do it given what happened before?
1: Yeah. Um, no, it was easy because I didn't give a shit because I, I just wanted, just to, so I wanted to fight to, the best people. Yeah. That's all I wanted, you know, like like I said, in the first round of negotiations, it wasn't like I was asking for more money or it wasn't any of these things. It was just, I literally was not giving an offer. Yeah. Um, so the second time around, it was like, well, that was all I wanted. I just wanted to go. I just want to go fight the best people. That was it, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, was, it wasn't hard at all. It was, uh, it was a high level of excitement, you know, and it was like something where, you know, Chahri called me one night and he said, well, what about, you know, I talked about some book, but he said, what about a trade? I'm like, whoa, what do you, like, what does that mean? Tell me what that means, because that means there's never been a trade, right? It doesn't exist. And he said, well, what if we trade you? I said, uh, I don't know, awesome. <laughs> Let's do it, sure, go ahead, whatever. Um, yeah, and he called me back a couple weeks later and he said, like, well, we actually think it's going to happen. And I was like, yes. And I remember being like so excited about, you know, something that I, I had thought about happening for a, a decade or whatever was uh, was just about to happen.
0: So how come after your wrestling career mm-hmm. you knew you wanted to go to mixed martial arts? It pretty much seemed that way. Yeah. Was there interest for you because of your mic skills to want to go into professional wrestling? No,
1: never. So I always talk about um, – so I went, I went to the Performance Center in 20, 2020 um and uh the, you know they didn't make me an offer but they said you know hey we'd love to have you in some capacity and and i just at this point in my life i got kids i got the wrestling academies i love what i'm doing i don't want to do anything else so i said i love it i appreciate it but i, I have no interest at all um in 2007 when i graduated college there was this guy named jerry briscoe who was a longtime wwe recruiter um he actually wrestled oklahoma state and then went you know. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, then, WWE, WWF, wh- whatever it was at that point in time, you know. He's a longtime recruiter. He would always come up and, and tell me, he, he, you know, kind of made friends with him. He said, if you were 230 pounds, I'd make you a million dollars a year. I said, okay, Jerry, I don't do steroids and, uh, you know, I like wrestling, so I'm, I'm good. And we kind of always go back and forth. Um, yeah, so I just I never, I always had the interest in competing versus like being a performer. Um, and I, you know, I, I enjoy professional wrestling, I enjoy what's going on. Um, but even when they were kind of like I don't want to say they weren't recruiting me back then but I was you know talking to one of the main recruiters it was just like I'm just not that interested like I just want to compete with people that's what I've kind of always wanted to do
0: one yeah. thing you kind of touched in the book but yeah. you didn't get the details a little footnote is you grappled with the Diaz brothers <laughs> but you didn't talk to highly about it, or you didn't get to detail uh, tell the fans some details about the, your experience with the well, Diaz brothers well it wasn't
1: brothers. it wasn't much it wasn't much so Jake Shields brought me in okay this was um Oh man, I'm blanking. Did I even have a fight at this point? I don't even remember. I don't remember if I had had no fights or if I had had a couple. And it was pre Bellator. It was. It was. It was definitely. I definitely had had zero Bellator fights. So prior to me being in that organization, and Jake field I mean, we could probably look this up. You got a producer to look stuff up. Yeah.
0: What's uh, the date? Look, look, look. this up. What look was the up. date
1: on George St. Pierre and, and Jake Shields? Is it 2009 or 2010?
0: Yeah, just Google GSP Um, versus uh, Jake Shields. Whatever whatever year that
1: was. It was like, uh, I want to say it was like a November fight or October fight, and I was with him in maybe September, somewhere around there. Um, Yeah, so he asked me to come up because he thought, you know, GSP was going to try to take him down and hold him down, and I was a good wrestler, and I just kind of either said I was going to make the crossover or just had made the crossover but had had no, like, major fights yet. No, it was awesome. I really loved – I loved Jake Shields and Gil Melendez, and uh, I enjoyed my time training there. We didn't, like, maintain our friendship. What year was it? 2011. 11? I was off by a year. Wait, so maybe I was fighting in Bellator then. Okay. 2011, I mean, yeah. I would have fought in Bellator. Okay. Well, I've been – I lose my memory. Damn it all. Okay. So I had been in Bellator, um, and uh, you know, so I really liked those guys. I didn't really maintain a friendship with them. I mean, I don't think we're enemies or anything, but we just, like – didn't run in the same circles. Uh, but it's funny, the Diaz's were around kind of like all the time. And I always thought it was funny when I was there that they were kind of like really quiet every time they were in the gym versus, you know, they're kind of, you see them and they're more loud and outspoken. Um, and then the one day we went over to, it's kind of funny the way it worked because we would go to like a different gym every day. You know, someone was at Gill's gym and then we went to a boxing gym and then we went to, the one day we went over to, uh, I think it was Caesar Gracie and it was like on the other side of the bay or something. Yeah. So So it's
0: before they had their
1: academy? Oh, it's 2011. Yeah. I thought it was 2010, but yeah. That's interesting. That's definitely interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: But what do you make of Nate Diaz now being a free agent and then him maybe even hinting, like, would he box?
0: Is he going to be a future Jake Paul opponent? No,
1: I mean, that's what I thought it was going to be. But I think at this point, if Jake is to beat. Uh, if you think Jacob loses to Anderson Silva, does he does he continue to pursue boxing, right? Or is this gonna be something where he just does it if he wins? You know, like wh- what's he gonna do with his career? Um and then if if you were to beat Anderson Silva, does Nate Diaz then make sense? Right? Because Anderson's one fifty uh, one eighty five, Nate's really a one fifty five pounder. Um Anderson obviously was had more success than mixed martial arts. He is a little older, obviously. I just don't know that it would make sense or that people would be that interested, but Uh, You never know.
0: It's interesting because it was... I think we were in the media scrum. It was a UFC yeah. fight night. Dana White was talking to the to the media afterwards. Um, it was the night that Anderson Silva beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And he pretty much made a statement saying Anderson Silva might be the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Yeah. Then you know how Jake Paul is. You know how the theatrics work. Yeah. You're Jake Paul. You take that clip, which he's done since he yeah. run with the narrative. I just beat the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Oh, I'm the greatest <laughs> combat actually, sports athlete of all time.
1: I actually didn't hear Dana make that comment. But yeah, I mean... Aaron Anderson, uh, he looked great. I, I didn't watch the, the entirety of that fight, but I watched some clips from it, and he looked great. He's always been a really outstanding striker. Um, yeah, that, that's coming up next week, so it would be interesting to see what happens. Um, I don't really have a rooting interest. I think on the one side, Jake Paul gets beat beat up. Everyone enjoys that. That's great, I'm sure. On uh, the other side, if he wins, it's like, well, like he beat a Anderson Silva, so like leave me alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. like like this is preposterous. You know,
0: yes, and and I'm not getting into it because you didn't spend too much time on it too. You brought it up it's like the last chapter of well, the book. Well, I started you writing ch- the
1: book in August or September of 2020. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it predates. So, predate, before it predate, Leon
0: Edwards became champion. Yeah, that's
1: fine. because I, I I have kind of a dig at Leon in here, which I mean I, I feel my statement is truth, which is just it took him fucking forever to get a title shot. Um, given that I think he had nine or ten wins in a row, you know. Um, but I will say I I enjoyed watching him win the title, not just because he knocked out Marty, but there was just something like, um, you know, I actually felt this, and I don't really like McGregor, but I felt this when McGregor won his first belt, is like when you see an athlete come to the culmination of something they've worked so hard for, and it's such like an honest, pure moment. Do you guys know what I'm saying by that? Yeah. Like you can see it in there. And it was like when you, when you saw – Leon um, win the belt, and you saw like his reaction to it. Like I don't know, you got to be a real dickhead to not be like, "Wow, that's awesome! I'm happy for that guy." Yeah,
0: because <laughs> let's be real, he's being dominated from rounds two, yeah. three, and four, and a few more seconds left. That thing goes to decision, and still, he never gave up hope. Yeah, he found his one opening. Yeah, knocked him out.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, the book was mostly written in, in 2020, which you know predates the Jake Paul fight, um, but then obviously. Given the fact that it took so long to write, uh, we felt as though we can't not address that part of it. You know, it wouldn't make any sense. So we had to put it in there.
0: How do you feel about people who still say, oh, that was a rig, that was fake, you didn't knock um, them out?
1: I don't even pay attention to those people. They're pretty stupid. Um, I mean, obviously, on, on the one side, it's just, it's from a logistical standpoint. If I beat Jake Paul, I can do whatever I fight his brother or fight some other dumb YouTube influencer. Uh, and I make a whole bunch of money, right? Um, so the plus side of it is, like, really huge for me. And then, obviously, why if I could beat him, why wouldn't I have just beat him? You know? So it's really unfortunate. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I ignore those people.
2: I know you said you don't have a rooting interest in yeah. his fight against Anderson – but how Who do, do you, you want to win? Well, how do you predict the fight playing out there? I don't,
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't claim to be a boxing expert. Um, I thought I was going to beat him. I didn't think he was very good. Um, I thought Tyron was going to beat him. Um, so he's obviously significantly better than I anticipated. Um, Anderson was, looked really good in his boxing matches. So I, I have absolutely no idea.
0: I think his pathway to victory his way of winning is that overhand right he's got to knock him out I don't you think, think so? it, I don't think he would win a decision I think Anderson moves too much you know he's he's got too much knowledge in combat mm-hmm. sports I even think Tyron was winning that last fight in Cleveland yeah. until he got caught too there wasn't much action
1: yeah I mean I I, I know I'm in the minority but I thought tyron I thought it was kind of even in the first one and I know he kind of lost badly on the scorecards um yeah and then he obviously has moments in the second one too.
2: How is Tyron, by the way? Because we saw him a few weeks ago.
1: I I talked to him. I don't talk to him. I actually thought I would call him Dick because I was in St. Louis, but then I almost missed my flight and whatever. Um, I talked to him the other day because uh, (laughs) there was this really funny story from our college days, which I I probably can't say on here. Uh, It doesn't implicate him or I in anything, a a, a teammate of one of ours. Uh, And I was telling uh, someone who, who went to Mizzou but is significantly younger than us uh, about this story, and uh, the guy didn't believe me. I'm like, I swear to God, I know this sounds preposterous, but I swear this happened. And, uh, and Tyron, Tyron was involved in the story, although the story is not implicating him because he's he was not. I don't say the, I don't know if there's a guilty party, but the party that looks bad, he was not the party that looks bad. And uh, so I had to call him and be like, "Hey, c- confirm that this happened." Please, please tell him that this happened.
2: And it's definitely not in the book.
1: It would not be appropriate. I mean, I, I guess I can t- without, uh, I probably should, uh, let's, let you, what, 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 uh, is this rated? What show? What is this rated? The show?
0: It's all audiences. <laughs> Speak your mind. So anyways,
1: these, uh, well, Tyron and this other gentleman were going home with two girls. Uh, it was at a wrestling camp out of Columbia. And the one gentleman was inebriated, and he went into this gas station. And for whatever reason, he wanted these damn potato wedges. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it's ridiculous. And the store was out of wedges. And so he was in there raving and ranting about how he couldn't get any damn wedges. And then Tyron's like, what is this dude doing? Like, I've been sitting in the car, why Why is he not coming back out? And so Tyron goes in there, and I'm, I'm going to make it PG, but he essentially says, dude, what are you doing? Like, and the guy's like, I want, I want my wedges. There's no wedges. I want wedges. They need to make me wedges. And, uh, and Tyron's like, girls or wedges? Girls are <laughs> wedges? What are we doing here? And then so Tyron eventually has to, has to drag this guy back into the car. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, so that was a hilarious story because then the, the guy got the nickname wedges for the next couple of <laughs> years.
0: Hey, there it is.
1: <laughs>
2: a legend was born.
1: <laughs>
0: a legend was um, uh, One thing I want to ask you, too, it's on the book. If you yes. could have a conversation with Dana White today, yeah. what would you say to him? Because you haven't had that conversation. I'd ask him
1: why I wasn't. Well, okay, so that's funny because I told you I wrote the book prior to the Jake Paul fight. Right. The only two conversations he and I have had on the phone were, dur- were during my training for Jake Paul.
0: He's the one who got you connected with it's Freddie, Freddie Roach, Roach, right? Yes.
1: And then after the training session with Freddie Roach, he called me and we talked. And I think Freddie called him and told him I worked hard and... Whatever, 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 you know? Um, That was it. And I don't know why. I just, I mean, I was probably like, I think the one, I know the one time he caught me off guard. I was like, why is Dana White calling? I I remember I got out of the shower. My phone was on the ground. I said, Dana White. I'm like, wait, what the hell is he calling for? What does he he want, you know? And then the other time uh, I was in California and I think I was like trying to eat or something. And yeah, so I didn't ask him. But yeah, I would ask him like, what the hell happened in 2013? That's what I would ask him.
0: That's your big thing
1: yeah because it's it's i mean like obviously the excuses i mean and I, i've known this forever right with the excuses he gave the media were nonsense right they were they didn't make any sense so uh yeah that's probably to ask him
0: but that's that's why we have so much respect for you consistently yeah. wanted to fight the best talent yeah. at all levels yeah. of your career yeah,
2: no excuse
1: yeah so um yeah i know i uh but i don't like you know i'd say in the book um uh, you know, I think bitterness is like a really bad emotion that we as humans need to control. And so I, I don't have any bitterness towards him. I think actually generally he does a really good job. But there are just some things like that one. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's other people who have fought for him over the last 15 years with, who would say something similar. But I think a relatively large amount like have a positive feelings towards him.
0: Right now in the UFC, who's your top three best uh, trash talkers on oh the line? Oh, my
1: goodness. Oh, you got me off guard here. It's what I like to do. Give, give me some options.
0: Options? Well, so, Hasbulla. Hasbulla. <laughs> technically, that works because he's signed by the UFC. <laughs> I like that.
1: Uh, who is the best three trash dogs? I mean, Connor's retired, right? So he doesn't count. Um, Chael's retired, Chale's too. Retired. What about Colby?
0: That's his favorite guy, Colby. He
1: might be retired, too. What do you think? Uh, he's like not going to fight or?
0: until after this legal situation gets figured Why out. Why would not he right?
1: fight until after that?
0: Because isn't one of the issues that he's calling is you know brain trauma like like isn't that like I don't know like I didn't an, read the lawsuit. I thought I read somewhere okay. where you know part yeah. of the lawsuit is you know he got punch he got sucker punch yeah. so yeah. so he's arguing brain trauma. You can't get in a cage and fight someone if you're arguing legally that you have brain trauma.
1: Well, I mean, he's also fought for like a <laughs> Oh, he does have some brain trauma, a little bit. Um, yeah, I never really enjoyed his brand trash talk. I'm man, I'm coming up like you know. Who I really enjoy. You know, who I really enjoy that you got your fault. This is your fault. You got him mad at me. Okay, who? Kevin Holland.
0: Kevin Holland. I
1: enjoy. I enjoy his whole thing. He got really upset at me. Remember that? Yeah, Remember? I, do. I do.
0: I was wearing this shirt. You
1: wear that shirt. And this and is we, your and, shirt, and, by the way. And we were at fault. my house. Yes. And we were at my this golf uh, yes. course. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, he got mad at me. And I'm like, hey, dude, like, I'm being funny. I'm talking about you. Like, I enjoy your stick. Like, what are you so mad about? And he just like, kept just staying mad. And I'm like, okay, like, you can be as mad as you want. But, like, uh, I'm good with you. So, like, whatever. You know? And then eventually he just stopped, like, messaging me.
0: I didn't mean any of that. It was just about <laughs> the whole superhero stuff. I mean, you don't get I any of that. I thought it was Harlan-
1: awesome. I thought it was hilarious. I thought we had a good shtick. And he didn't appreciate it. Uh,
0: so, that's one. You got two others? So, that's a really good
1: name. You- uh, yeah, all the good ones are gone. Uh, I don't. Really, I mean, Sean O'Malley obviously talks a lot. I, I don't think I don't find him to be that entertaining, really. Mm.
2: But your hairstyle—I looked at the photos he when me. you're you were young. Remember the photos? Yeah,
0: yeah. the a afro of... is very similar.
1: Yeah, it might be my child. Never know. It, but uh,
0: him and also the uh, the featherweight, also yeah, the, yeah, the Chase, the Chase, Chase, Chase Hooper. Hooper.
1: Damn, I need. I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet you because. Uh, I cannot think of any good trash talkers. What about
2: right now. Sean Strickland?
1: Do
0: you like his brand?
1: Uh, he's alright. Yeah, like I am entertained by him. Yeah. But he, his last fight was not good. He had oh, very bad fought very Alex bad strategy. He fought, Very bad strategy. Uh, well to Well, you know who I enjoy? You know who's been cracking me up lately? Uh, Costa. Yes. Someone's saying he Apollo. does. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of really off the wall. Yes. And it's kind of funny. Man, you, you need it, but it's not it's not for everybody. You need to fight <laughs> to have a taste of this before, you know? You
0: know, we do have shot glasses here if you
1: want you to take did, right? yeah. You did, right? You drank some? Are you not big? yet. Not but yet? We got to have a conversation. Oh, okay. Bad wow. for you. oh my God. Hel- oh. Helen's bringing look this Look what you camera.
0: beautiful woman bring for us here. Wow. Where is the camera? Right here? oh my god that, you got the knockers Schmo. okay got the knockers okay so, uh, okay i will uh, allow, allow you guys take some taste not too much
1: because this is so so difficult to produce because it's homemade yet I will. I will make
0: this for everybody very soon. Anything else you want to get off your chest? I know you're doing no. a whole media gauntlet. Yeah. We appreciate you coming oh, on this in.
1: It's awesome. I, pre- I you know I love to see what you guys have built. Um, this is this is a really cool studio, and uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And I'm glad you liked the book. And that's funny that we uh, we shared the the very young age weight loss. I
0: was there's <laughs> a uh, lot in common. Yeah, with common. that, for sure. No, we appreciate you coming on. We'll be at your panel tomorrow too. Awesome. Looking forward to yeah. chatting Sweet. with you. Episode 110 of the Schmozone Podcast. By the way, this will be available where? Amazon, uh, where Amazon,
1: else? Amazon, Noble.com, Barnes and Noble Stores. Uh, I mean, I think just like Google it. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader.